What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are again on this Friday to recap the Evansville victory along with preview Southern Mississippi. We were going to do it separately, but we figured, and we actually, with our jobs and how tired we are, we skipped it just last night knowing that the Mississippi preview wouldn't be as large and we could fit it all into one. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah. Noah, what's going on? Yeah, we have been tired lately, but we figured we could merge them both. Yeah, it's been a long start to this peak season for us as our jobs get going, but yeah, it's good to get going again here. Coming off a big first start in the Valley season, 1-0, and kind of hopefully start getting into rhythm, Hopefully, but hopefully we get healthy first. Exactly, that's a good point. We'll, we'll get to that here in a second and talk about the other first Valley games around and what happened with those, yeah, along with our uh, crazy win the other night. But, Noah, let's, let's kick off with news we heard not too long ago, obviously, that we didn't have, haven't covered because I guess the last time we had a pod this came out. Uh, someone we know very well that's been in the news, you know, the last couple months, but then coming out that that news was fake, I guess. Liz Jarnigan, Noah, took a new job at Valparaiso. What she's doing? What is she doing? Yeah, she's going to be the assistant uh, assistant to the AD, so uh, that's uh, good for her. She uh, gets another job, another opportunity, and uh, yeah, it sucks that maybe we've prematurely fired her or paid her to late yeah fired her but uh bought her out pretty much so uh yeah it's good that she's getting another opportunity and hopefully we can find an actual ad soon yeah and it didn't take long for her to find this new gig and obviously she deserved probably to get fired because she hid the idea of what we've been talking about on here and in general so it, it requires a firing or an administrative leave something maybe that isn't legit fire we know like we said she's done a great job and now Valpo gets to get her, you know, even though it's for something kind of different, but she's obviously talented in what she does. And now, yeah, like we said, knowing that nothing came of that uh, thing that broke for the swim team that we lost her for nothing, had to buy her out, and then now she's in conference doing something else. So it's unfortunate, but definitely it's news and something we had to talk about because we haven't yet. So still good luck, to, good luck to Liz and everything she's doing. She was just at the wrong place at the wrong time kind of deal. Um, so Noah, now let's jump into this victory on Wednesday, a two point victory. But as we know, when we started this game, it started about as well as we could possibly imagine. Uh, Noah, we got out to a 13 0 lead in this game. They took a timeout along the way. Noah, as JD had a layup to kick this one off. It was a really well designed play. I think it was just a pick and roll with cash and JD and JD had a nice finish around the rim. Cash got involved. Marcus did. J.E. had four early points. At half our points at one time, Marcus had an and one. That's when they called the timeout. Noah and Blaze Beauchamp made a three to make it 13-3. Noah, and this play right here to make it 16-3. Troy, who looked like he was trying to pass a wide-open three and then took one dribble step back and made it. That's what we want to see from him, and maybe this three could get him going offensively. Yeah, the, the more the, you can tell by watching him play, the more he plays, the more comfortable he's getting in this offense and as on this team overall. And, yeah, he's becoming a very key asset, especially along the way he can – the way he's playing, we can – if we can get some other guys healthy, he'll be a key cog to give your start your guys like Marcus some, some rest it, down the stretch of games here. Yes, and quickly, obviously, we should have covered it before we got into this, though. 
no Lance Jones and no one. We didn't really find out until obviously game time when he wasn't in the starters tweet or the starters tweet from whoever and then the post that he wasn't starting. So we thought, okay, well, something's wrong. We didn't know if he was being disciplined for anything. We don't even recall the injury he had at the end of the um, Elkhorn State game with his ankle. Um, we know he hurt it pretty bad in the tournament. I'm not sure if it's the same ankle or not. We really haven't heard anything about it. Uh, Brian talked about it maybe in the post game, but we found out Noah that his ankle and we thought he was going to maybe play throughout this game only if we needed him. And this start made it to where we didn't and we didn't regardless, even when it got close, but Noah, that was kind of a blind side thing of our, arguably our best player so far out. Yeah, it was, uh, I'd say he's, I, he's had that ankle injury. I'd say he's been battling for most of the year, probably so far. And he tweaked it, I guess, uh, Sometime and didn't and it didn't phase him. He played out through this through that uh, end of the second half there, and uh, helped us come back and win that game. And yeah, he tried to. I guess he warmed up, tried to maybe give it a go, and we'll see about tomorrow. Not sure. Uh, sure, I'll probably maybe him or I guess him and uh, Marcus did not practice. Uh, uh, I, I don't think Lance. I think they said Lance didn't practice at all. And Marcus very very little. So it's a uh, Becoming a uh, concern with all these injuries and guys not being able to practice. Let alone it being now our, our top two players. Yeah, they mentioned Marcus. I remember us tweeting about it or retweeting. What was Marcus dealing with? Is a hip? Hip, yeah. Something like that, which is a hip is definitely also something you don't want to mess with. But the whole Lance thing, we just remember when he got hurt in the tournament, he couldn't put any weight on it. He was using Marcus, who had a boot on at that time, using his scooter to get around. And we didn't see him the rest of the year, unfortunately. But hopefully it's not the same ankle. Um, and, of course, like we said, our top two guys, even though Marcus fought through it and played and did what he did uh, and looked just fine out there. But it's unfortunate Lance and Brian did say after the game that he might not play against Southern Miss tomorrow night um, and told the Tulsa game's up in the air, which we were going to – obviously, at some point, we'll get to that game, which is important because it's a top-notch team on the road for the non-con. So we'll, we'll talk about that down the road. So now back into this game, after Troy made that three, made it a 13-point lead, Cash had a layup. Blaze Butchamp was the only one that got on the board for them, Noah, but we'll get into right here. This man right here picked in the all-conference, what at whichever team. Well, what was he picked pre? Shamar Gibbons. Third team? Yeah. And he, and he scores like he'll, he could definitely be first team because if Evansville has fight like this that they had in this game, they could end up, who knows, because uh, they could shoot the lights out, and he can have a definitely a big part in being maybe on the first team or second team. Third team might be a little bit too low for how he can can, pl- can play at times. So he got a jumper to kick himself off. Cash matched him with his own jumper, and then Shamar had a three here. Him and him and Cash were just matching each other in points. Dalton got on the board. I think I'm not sure what he ended up with. We'll get to that. Had a layup here. Frederick King Noah had a three. I think we got lucky with. Uh, Frederick King missing a lot of key threes that he had. Um, and we know he struggled guarding Marcus in this game. Um, speaking of Marcus, he matched him on a three on that. But like I said, got lucky maybe with Frederick King not uh, hitting most of his shots. No, and even Evan Coleman, we talked in the preview about him dealing with an ankle injury. He did start, but we didn't see him the rest of the game. Yeah, uh, he played very few minutes in this game. Um, we didn't know if we'd see him at all, and but uh, – yeah, well, he only ended up playing 14 minutes, uh, only attempted two shots. So that's a – he's a big part of their offense. He can set – he's a big pick-and-pop guy. He's a very good shooter. So uh, that took them out of that game. But uh, they got some quality minutes from their backup bigs. 
Yeah, they did, and we thought that you know if he was able to go, yeah, his ability to do everything that was going to be tough. And we should have took more advantage of the fact that he didn't play down the stretch. I'm sure all those 14 minutes came in the first half. Um, so yeah, that we mentioned Frederick King, yeah, and then Gibbons just kept going. Anthony Noah got in this game and had his own layup. Uh, he looked good, really good at times. He actually had that layup and then a couple free throws down the stretch. Shamar Gibbons, Noah, it, it's it's he had a couple free throws here, but he will get to it. Or I guess you can get to it here if you had the stats. Where did he go from the free throw line? Because he he left a lot on the free throw line. Who knows how the game would have played out? They arguably could have won if he made his free throws. Yeah, he was only uh, ended up seven of ten from the line, so seventy uh, percent. Uh, so uh, yeah, he uh, he shot eleven of sixteen from the field, so not too shabby. Uh, he carried them throughout this game. For sure, and it it feels like like I said that he shot a lot or missed a lot. I guess he just missed three at one, like in a row, so it seemed like that. So, uh, yeah, then he got some free throws. Noah, and all of a sudden, we had a 15-point lead at the half. And by this point, I guess we should start out saying Tyler Filowich again, Noah, barely got in the first half. Do you have his minutes overall? Because it was just like Alcorn, but that was a mismatch without a doubt. This one wasn't as bad, but we still, we barely saw Kyler in this game. Yeah, we barely saw him. Um, with these teams that we, we've been, been watching and been, been playing, um, defensively, he has been. Um, it looks like he's gotten a lot slower on defense for some reason from last year because he wasn't this bad on defense last year. He only played three minutes in the game. That was all in the first half. Um, I know Brian did say in his pre- after the game he would he would liked him, like to probably get him in there a little bit in the second half down the stretch or something. But uh, yeah, it was it's it's weird because uh, we had a high high expectations. For him coming in the year, I think you had him going, making all one of the All Valley teams. So uh, yeah, we expected more, but there's still a lot of a lot of games left, so he can turn it on. We just uh, yeah, playing these guys that have that space the floor, it's it's kind of hard to get him on the floor because uh, he's not as quick quick feet with like JD and Anthony that can guard those guys that can do it all. Exactly, depending upon who we face and then who else he's got around him. Yeah, JD is too good defensively obviously, and being a veteran. And then Anthony, when he does play, puts up numbers and plays defense pretty well. So, yeah, it's unfortunate for Kyler because it seemed like this was would have been a better matchup, even without Coleman and then having to guard Coleman on it, whether on pick and pops or just out on the three-point line, that it would have been easy for him. And I, we thought at times that he could have got opportunities in the paint to match them in points, especially in the second half we'll get to um, whenever we let them come back. So it's interesting. We'll cover him again at the end. No, we were shooting. What are we? we were shooting fifty-two percent from the field at half, and they were shooting twenty-four. So three of eleven from three. We were three for fifteen. So some stuff to keep an eye out there. Marcus had ten at half. Cash had nine. Four or five from the field. That is huge. Great first half from uh, Cash. So now I know the second half started out with three straight free throws on a three. Dalton fouled him on a three in the corner. And so that made it a 12-point lead. Marcus matched and made it 14. It was just a Shamar given. So no, Antoine Smith, who we talked before, shoots a lot of threes, and I'm sure he only shot one, or he shot a couple. He had one miss down here, but no, other, that one was all net, and he's every bit of a shooter. And uh, it's a shame he didn't honestly get a lot of opportunities because he could have changed the game too. Yeah, he. Uh, we did a very good job uh, defensively. We had a really – an outstanding first half defense. Uh, we really smothered them. Uh, really good job on Jawan Newton all game long, but really, really good job defensively. I know we're just switching most stuff, but 
yeah, it's it was a great job on him because uh, if a guy like that, we know Shamar got going, but a guy like that, if he gets going, it's hard to stop. Yeah, they're definitely one of the most underrated duos in the Valley. Um, definitely could put up points. And you mentioned Newton. Yeah, after Smith made his, uh, Stephen got a, a layup. They cut it to nine. We call it a timeout. Stephen got a layup out of that. And then Newton made back-to-back threes here on their possessions. Marcus had a jumper in between there to even it out a little. So now we're only up by seven at this point. Cash made another jumper. I believe this was the shot that he either – he had a really nice step back, um, which obviously is a shot that he's shot before. We mentioned how maybe in our offense it's not the best shot, but he drained it. So it was like it, it was one of, you know his best night offensively, obviously. He let him have that, and he made the most of it. And then Gibbons here went on his own for their team, went on a 9-0 run, had their – I mean – however many total points throughout the second half he had. He had nine straight of their own. Uh, Anthony had a nice layup. Anthony looked good in the post at times. He had a nice banker off the left hand. Troy Noah, we know he missed a couple big free throws against Alcorn, but he made a couple here to get our lead back to seven. Those were clutch by the freshman. Yeah, he he was, he got a, he got he was using, he hit that three in the first half and then he was attacking the rim a couple times in the second half. And yeah, he was, got fouled and he knocked him down um so he's starting to look like i said he's starting to look more comfortable and it's great to see he's going to be a a big cog to this team especially if we got more injuries so if it keeps happening um it looks like we can rely on him and he's going to play his heart out we know that i mean he's looking he is looking really good you mentioned yeah and even when he was penetrating sometime in this game he turned it over hit it off himself but he did have that drive when we were having too many passes on offense so He's getting more active, which is great. And hitting free throws is definitely key. He will be pivotal, without a doubt. Uh, and then Shamar made a three, make it a four-point game, and he had a layup. Next thing we know, we're only up by two at the nine-minute mark. And then a couple minutes, about two minutes go by, no points. Marcus had a jumper here. Let us up by four. Noah, this Ian and Aruna, uh, the guy that filled in for uh, Coleman, made a jumper here. Um, he was kind of going through the motions, but he didn't really do anything wrong in that game. I think that's what steadied their comeback as well, having a guy that just did his role per se. Marcus had a couple free throws coming back from a timeout. It was just give and city. Cash had another layup between here. I mean, Marcus doing a little give and go. Jawan had a layup near the end. Um, no, there's something else here. I see his name on here. Preston Phillips. We know he was, he's a freshman for them. He did good at times than Marcus. Honestly, some of the best outside of here and there, like in the Paradise Jam. I know Marcus has been on a roll. He did pretty good post-defense against Marcus. I think he blocked one of his shots and looked good for a freshman. Yeah, he was exactly like Troy. He's playing with playing with a lot of confidence and playing well right now. Um, so he's a big cog to their team, just like Troy is. And the more he's going to play, the more he's going to get better. And yeah, he played really well defensively against Marcus, some of the best. He was diving on the floor for loose balls. So uh, a lot of hustle plays, and that's what it, you got to you got to do that to earn more minutes. You got to do the little things right, and stuff like that's going to get you a lot more minutes, especially under a guy like Brian Mullins or Todd Licklider, especially getting a guy out of that, staying home in the state of Indiana, a lot of good basketball in the state of Indiana. So getting a guy like that, that's really good for them. Yeah, and he'll pay dividends. He earned definitely more playing time. I'm not sure what the numbers he'll put up. He might get more comfortable down the road to be like a – all freshman team. If he plays like that, maybe not stat sheet wise, get on there, but he could be deserving of that for sure. Uh, Noah, then Jawan Newton goes down, ties it at 50 out of one of their timeouts after Troy did have that turnover there that we mentioned. And then Marcus went down, 
another one of his you know great separation jumpers, which the biggest one we'll get to in a second, to make it a two-point lead, and then Given to Noah just coming down, just ice in his veins, tying the game at 52. We called a timeout, 10 seconds, Noah, and we put it on our Instagram story of the 10 seconds in between the father stretched my hands of Kanye West that we see all these videos of whenever the chorus hits that they make the shot, and we did that, Noah. 10 seconds to Marcus, unbelievable, and we'll get maybe some – uh, whatever from Brian here in a second of what how that play went down, but it was just one of those Dalton goes down, Noah dribbles it down, 10 seconds, uh, pass it to Cash, and then they get it to, or pass, Cash goes around, Dalton gets it to uh, Marcus at the high post, swings around, gets him in the post, and an easy turnaround where he gets separation, Noah dags it with what? It was under a second left. But Point Noah, six, I believe. Tremendous shot, a shot that he's been doing lately to get him in the screw, Noah. It's an incredible uh, offensive play by Marcus. Yeah, a great, a good, a good jab step to get a little bit of separation on Jawand and a turnaround launch jumper. And uh, he said it was he right off the hand. He said it was an, he knew he had a good chance, and he was right. It looked it would look really good off the hand. That's what he does. Uh, he did a lot of fallaway shots, especially in the lane this game. So uh, he's got he's going to have a lot of length on them guarding him. So he's going to have to use that uh, fallaway shot a lot. Yes, he said, "quote Right off the hand, I knew it had a good chance." Uh, it went in, the bench went crazy, and as they did, yeah, I mean, you had to have Gibbons do up a full-court heave that honestly got kind of close, but overall, yeah, it was, it was an amazing shot. Lance tweeted after the game, real pro move, proud of you, bro. He was going crazy as well. Um, it's just, Noah, it's just one of those things that he had to do, obviously, I, I think, and wasn't weren't Evansville fans upset, because some of them were calling for Licklider's job in general, and you said they have been, but I wonder if it has anything to do with Maybe not. I mean, the whole fouls he gave, I don't know sure what the whole thing was, but allowing Marcus a shot there when probably everybody in the building knew that he was going to get a decent shot and probably have it go in. Evansville fans aren't happy, are they? Yeah, they haven't been for, I don't know why, for a while. I thought Todd's done a really good job, I guess, with that kind of, I guess his style of T, uh, style of offense, stuff like that. And I guess the new age of sports or new age of basketball, they don't like it very much. But yeah, and that. I've seen a couple Twitter accounts made specifically saying fire Licklider, which I don't understand. I thought he's done a decent job so far, uh, especially in a struggling university and a struggling program. Like, what, do you, what else do you want him to do? Exactly. And we recall, obviously, Walter McCarty getting fired due to Title IX reasons after their Kentucky win, which was enormous, obviously. But Licklider filling in and has done, yes, a good job. He's kept the guys there that he has. So obviously, those seniors with Gibbons and Newton and everybody else. Uh, keep everything intact there to put up a fight. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say he deserves fire because, obviously, he's been there, done that in the past. He's a good coach. So, Noah, after that shot, obviously, we know Marcus was the man tonight, had 22 points, uh, which was huge. 9 of 17, we know we had to shoot at least 17 times. That's not bad at all, obviously. He only shot three threes. And I wanted to mention, Noah, I think Marcus is becoming – like, he, he's playing the four, so he's, like, he's the trail man. So he could obviously get opportunities – coming back down the court in the half court or just getting threes in general. No, only three threes. I think he's developing more, especially with him being stronger, more of a post type of score. That's off the fadeaway. He's becoming maybe that kind of guy. Yeah, and, uh, he's been struggling a little bit from three this year. So um, he's getting he's getting into the post and using that, maybe trying to get to the line to see the ball go in a couple times early in games. But, uh, yeah, he had a couple offensive fouls. Called on him early, and, uh, yeah, he, he adjusted, and it really worked out in his favor. Exactly, he did have. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, all of his fouls were offensive fouls.
Uh, the refing, I'm not saying like all those maybe weren't charges, maybe some weren't, uh, but the refing again wasn't very good. That's the Valley refs. We'll see more of them, obviously down the road. Um, 38 minutes from Marcus, though. Again, no Lance. He had to do it. He had to be out there a lot. Um, there were times because we mentioned the hip issue. Maybe he came out for that. Obviously, he just needs a breather at times. So maybe that was it. Uh, and those three turnovers were the offensive foul, six rebounds. Yeah, purple from the free throw line with those only three shot three. So again, he did what he had to do. 22 points. That's slight work for Marcus, especially with that final shot. He made it look easy. No, let's jump into cash here. He didn't shoot too well. In the second half, I believe, but you know, ended up with 13. Thought he had more. Um, it's one of those where, obviously, being the veteran, the guy that we knew, he had to come in here and be. In his 39 minutes, led the team in minutes. Noah Cash was big, and did what we need him to do and score. Yeah, we knew coming in this ball game that without Lance Jones, somebody was going to have to step up, and uh, Cash Cash called his own name and. Uh, really showed some assertiveness down the stretch and hit some key buckets and was really good defensively in this game. And, yeah, it's career high, 13 points for him. So um, that's what we need, need him to do, even with Lance. So if he's that third piece of the puzzle, that's going to be a really nice uh, three-headed monster going into Valley play and down the stretch here with the rest of our non-con, especially with the other guys that are going to chip in. Especially with the teams that we're going to play, we're going to need him and his skill set. Like we've been saying, yeah, maybe he does fit finally that big three that we've been wanting. And Lance takes a lot of shots. You know, he's a big part of the offense, so he does take shots away from Cash, obviously. But, yeah, Cash touches the ball a lot and needs to create for himself, like we've been saying, just kind of not so soon in the shot clock. Uh, but, yeah, then he had four rebounds. He did well. Had two blocks in this game. You mentioned the defense was really good overall, yeah. So, great job, Cash. Keep that up. Four rebounds as well. Um uh, Anthony Noah six. He only played. He only played seven minutes in this game. Obviously, it was just a, once Kyler wasn't going to play. He spotted JD um, seven minutes. Noah six points, perfect from the free throw line and the field. Uh, and he and he did have one block. Um, whether it's in small spurt, spurts this year, Anthony, we talked about he can come in and calm everything down, and that's kind of what he did in this game. And we mentioned how he, he can score easily, you know, left hand off the off the uh, backboard, easy shots. He, and we know he hasn't shot a lot of threes, and I don't think he will, honestly, this year. But when he's called on, though, he probably needs to play a little more. We don't know the status of him, but six points, that was quality play. Yeah, we, we say it every time he plays. The, no matter how many minutes he does, positive things happen when Anthony's on the floor. And, yeah, like if Kyler's – I know at some point, I think it was during down the stretch – since we were switching a lot, I think we went with no big man. I think Marcus was at the five. So, yeah, we're going to have to do more of those things to try to create. I think Anthony should play more. Um, if Kyler's not going to play at all, barely any, we're going to have to play Anthony more. Uh, JD ended up only playing 16. So, down the stretch, we were playing really small ball. So, um, yeah, everything he does, he does a lot of things right. Um, yeah, he does. He was blocking. Uh, so yeah, defensively he's better on the the stretch bigs. So yeah, he's he's more athletic than the other two bigs. Kind of we already have. So it'd be a big help if he plays more. But yeah, I don't know if the ankle is still bothering him and he's still limited, or that's just how how it's gonna be the rest of the year. Exactly. I think this team's been kind of a mystery. We didn't really know about Lance's injury. We didn't know the status of Ben until we finally did. 
in terms of the spleen bothering him again. Anthony, we knew he had a hurt ankle. You mentioned uh, them asking Brendan about Cash's uh, Cash grimacing even. So it's even like these things that they're just keeping from the fans of knowing what's going on. And I understand that happens, but leaves us all out of the loop and wondering why Anthony plays doesn't make, play more than seven minutes, especially when your other big plays too. I mean, I think that definitely needs to be questions asked. And we know Todd's gone now, so he won't ask those questions. So we'll rely on those other guys too. We talked before how we need to call in or figure out something to be in those. Really just ask about injuries. Uh, but yeah, Anthony, he was straight up on a givens uh, and one, which wasn't an and one. It wasn't a foul. So stuff like that, yeah, he just he changes the game overall. So you know, our other leading score after him was Troy. We mentioned those key free throws in that three. We talked about him already. He played 29 minutes in this game. We can expect to see a lot more of that this season. So, yeah, he's getting more comfortable, as we said, and he's going to have to play a big factor. You know, 29 minutes, what was that? That was fourth on the fifth on the team. So hopefully we see more minutes like that. Yeah, especially uh, if other guys are banged up, he's going to have to play more minutes. And uh, like I said, we went small ball. He's kind of he was kind of the five out there. So if we're going to do that, he's going to have to play a lot more minutes. And it looks like the more minutes he plays, uh, the more things he's going to be able to do and get comfortable with, like we've been saying. So yeah, Troy's been a big key. Um, he's only a freshman. He's got a lot more room to grow. But I like what I've seen out of him so far a lot. Isn't it crazy, like, how big we were surprised that he was? And But we, we remember that he had to guard Scotty in high school, so he was able to guard those bigs. And he did it, yeah, if he does play the five, even though he seemed like a ball-handling playmaker got coming into college, especially going into his final year. Uh, we mentioned how it wasn't his best last year because of the things he had to do. And, Noah, whenever, he, whenever we did our switches and we had guys on Gibbons, he had the best on-ball D of anybody we had on the small guy, which is – uh, crazy because he was just he was just shuffling his feet everything that we're taught not using his hands just quality defense and he will he's going to play so much dividends down the stretch with or without injuries I think he would play a factor especially if he just keeps going like this so great job Troy you know what JD yeah he scored us only four points at the beginning of the game you mentioned yeah only 17 or 16 minutes five rebounds he did what he had to do even though we would have liked obviously when we did go small on the switches, they stayed around the arc a lot and just let Gibbons just beat us by himself. So I guess he didn't really need to be out there. But four and five is pretty much what we need from him. Quality, we know he fouls a lot too. He needs to get his fouls down. Uh, but Jay, he did was his steady self again. Yeah, he just he just plays with so much energy and effort. He just gets a little over aggressive uh, sometimes, and that's when he picks up those fouls. But yeah, defensively. Um, He's, he's our best defender probably out of the bigs. He moves his feet pretty well, uh, but him or Anthony. So, uh, yeah, it's he's going to play a lot more minutes, I'd say. Uh, it looks like he's been staying around that 16 to 18 uh, mark in minutes, so I don't know if they're still looking at that or that, that's just how it plays out during the game. It's a good point, yeah. I think I think Brian, who was it that talked about uh, – because uh, Mike asked him, I guess, in the pregame about the fouls and bringing them out – Something with obviously you get the one foul, you don't want to risk getting that second. So it's just one of the like the easy, like the obvious what coaches would say and why they do it. That's kind of like that. I think they do watch the minutes, so that's a good point. But it's just how the game plays out. And we went small. You know, with someone here that offensively you can worry about. We know he still can make shots when he does, but no one for six on the field. Steven, um, especially with no Lance, and we know Cash stepped up big time. 
but Steven Phil has to do more offensively, even though it can be okay if he's good defensively. 33 minutes, though, how he started the year. He did have a steal in this game. Probably needs to score more. We mentioned not just be a straight set shooter. Because we know, again, I'm pretty sure on the one shot he made, or I think he missed the one where he penetrated and did a spinish move and missed it. Uh, maybe Steven needs to be more active offensively, but again, maybe not if he can play defense like he played tonight. Yeah, this is offensively, this is probably his, his, his worst game of the year. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to get more involved in the offense. I know a lot of it runs through Lance Jones and Marcus, but, yeah, when he gets – him or Cash get the opportunity, if they can – if they have – a matchup they like, they need to get to the rim, and he can use that fadeaway. And, uh, yeah, we need more more points because we know we know still no Trent Brown. We know, we don't know the status on Ben Harvey yet. And those guys are – those are the two guys that give us points, so we need guys to step up. Exactly. And maybe if it, even if it's something that he becomes our best shooter and becomes that set shooter, something we don't have with Trent not playing yet and we haven't shot well, if Lance seems like the only one that's – shooting threes. Marcus, you know, like we said, isn't shooting as many. Cash is shooting a lot, I think. But other than that, maybe we need his three-point shooting. We know he handles the ball, plays defense, all that stuff. He's steady as well. Just would like to see maybe, just if the opportunities are there. We know he don't, he won't force, and Brian's talked how poised and mature that he is. So, uh, we know Steven will continue to do the right thing. Uh, Noah and then Dalton, who had to run the, run the floor a lot. Uh, we mentioned, obviously, uh, times we were wondering his plus minus. He ended up with five rebounds and four assists. You said that he had the best plus minus in the second half because uh, well, he when he doesn't do anything offensively, which I'm not saying he really has to at times, I guess, um, we know when he has that he's gotten blocked and needs to choose his shots better. And we were switching a lot, and Gibbons gave him fits, Noah, but Dalton was pretty really good at handling the ball, really, is the main thing he had to do, and he did it well in 35 minutes. Yeah, he, that's what he's doing. He's struggling shooting the ball right now. But he's, he's, he's there, he's handling the ball, taking care of it, only two, two turnovers, four assists. So he's uh, doubling the assists when it comes to the assist-to-turnover ratio. So, yeah, it, it, he's struggling right now uh, shooting the ball, but he'll find it surely because he shot it decently last year as a freshman, and he's coming into his own. So, yeah, he's one of those guys, we, and we, need, him, we need him on the defensive end. Uh, we know – um, he's not the only one given gave fits. He gave everybody fits all night long, scoring 22 of his 31 in the second half. So did a lot of switching, but yeah, Dalton, uh, he's getting better. I know he struggled a little bit in some of the early games this year, but he's, he's coming along nicely. I like what I've seen so far in these last couple of games. Yeah. We were even questioning if he was, how much he was going to play or if he was obviously before we didn't know about Lance, how much he was going to play with him not finishing the last game with his nose and, I don't know if, like, well, now that that would provide an uncomfortability for him offensively, but if it doesn't halt him in any way in, in any other parts of this game that he's doing well, then it doesn't matter yet. And, and him and Tyler does look like having sophomore slumps in their own way, obviously in different ways. So now I know let's end with Kyler again real fast. Um, hopefully, I'm not sure what this means moving forward. We haven't really heard Brian. You said that Brian's talked a little bit about it. I feel like not enough because, like you said, obviously – even JD coming out, our bigs didn't really finish the game, uh, so it's okay, and the matchups just haven't been there. I think that's mainly it, because we said if he got in this game, he can match them and score whenever he won in the post, because they really had nobody, but that wasn't, I guess, our offense. We got Marcus more involved. Yeah, and Brian's mentioned he wished he would have got him down the stretch a little bit in the second half in the ball game, 
But, yeah, matchups have been an issue. Uh, pick and roll defense has been an issue for them so far this year. And that's really – especially that's all they were doing with Gibbons and Newton. So, yeah, it was it was a struggle. So, uh, um, they were getting what they wanted anyhow. So, I guess it wouldn't have hurt to play him. So, yeah, he's got – got to find a way to get him in a rhythm, to get him going because we know his potential. We know what we saw out of him last year. And, yeah, it is really end up matchups. These guys, these – these stretch bigs are killing uh, killing him, especially because uh, guys like Rink Mass killed him in the tournament last year and down the stretch, and Jacob Hudson. So, yeah, but there's there's guys in this league that he's going to have to get in there, and they're going to beat and bang on each other, guys like Fife and Prim, and uh, even Jacob Hudson, and we know uh, Cricky and uh, the other guy's name uh, from Michigan State. Kithier. Yeah, Kithier. We're going to have guys that he's going to have to beat and bang on to wear them down, and we're going to have to use our other guys to play off that. Exactly. I just recall uh, Doherty from Northeastern thought, thinking he was going to be not like a strict post. He can shoot, obviously, but he was so good in the post, and that was a bad matchup for Kyler as well. So, yeah, he hasn't had the best matches. Remember Marich this first game of the year, and you know Creighton against Kalkbrenner uh, was his best game. So it's just hit or miss so far. And, yeah, you, you mentioned all the bigs he's got to guard this year, and he just got to improve as the season goes on. We're thinking he will. So, knowing these in these team stats, we shot 50% on the dot from the field. We only shot 10 threes, made three. Um, we were perfect from the free throw line. We recall how bad we were against Alcorn. Uh, we only out-rebounded them by three. We still out-rebounded them regardless, even by three. That doesn't matter as long as we did. Um, and we had, we had to lead 39 minutes and five seconds of the game. Obviously, the last 55 came when it was tied. Um, so, yeah, that's our largest lead was seven. Obviously, they never led. Um, and our largest lead, yeah, was 32 to 15. So, points in the paint, Noah, again, with 34 points in the paint for us, when we're not shooting, we have to do the opposite of that, which is scoring the paint. Um, what do we have on bench points? It was a lot better probably than the last game. 11 to their seven. So, uh, that matters. Four blocks apiece. Um, we had they had seven points off of our turnovers, um, and we're even on fouls and only five total second chance points. So not a lot of offensive rebounds in this game. Yeah, there were only two apiece. So just straight up misses and moving up, and we didn't miss a lot. So no final thoughts on this game. Yeah, it's uh, it was a really first half was a really great defensive game, and second half Gibbons just got on a roll and. Uh, no Lance Jones, just try to slow him down. He, I promise you, if Lance Jones plays, he doesn't get 31. But, yeah, it's 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 one of those things. I'd like to see us only seven free throws. I know we didn't miss one, but I'd like to see us get to the line more. And maybe uh, some guys seeing that ball going in, that those threes will start going in for us and shooting with more confidence. So, yeah, great overall effort. It's great to start 1-0 in Valley play. And it's always, it's always tough to get one on the road. Uh, yeah, seven turnovers. We only had seven turnovers. That number keeps going down. So we'd like to get our average. Uh, I think we're averaging about 11. So hopefully that gets under 10 soon. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, and it's in a slow-paced game, you're not going to see a lot of fast break points or anything. So, like, yeah, great effort overall. We know we got to get healthy, and we got a good opportunity tomorrow night. Yeah, I remember saying that Evansville does play one of the slowest uh, paces in the league, they have like whatever in the shot clocks when they finally score, take a lot of time. So you're right on the, the no fast break point. Uh, some quotes from Brian here, special first half defensively, everyone was locked in, everyone was in a stance, contesting everything, the switches, the communication was great. In the second half, we got a little extended, but at, that first half lead was the reason we won the night. Um, 
said about Cash, Ben came out and was assertive right from the start. Defensively, his length and his acti- activity really bothered Evansville. He was crucial for us to win tonight. And then he talked about Troy. Troy brings some physicality, some toughness to us. To play in this type of environment in his first Valley game and come up big for us is huge. And then he ended with, I was really proud of our guys. Poised, there's so many possession-by-possession possession games in the Valley. And to pull the first one out gives us momentum heading into the conference season. Yes, Noah, that is true because we talked about how important this game was. And even he said in the video after the game that it's it's the Valley, so you're going to have games that finish like that. And, you know, even Evansville had almost just one guy beat us. If, if Like you said, and we've talked about it, if Lance plays, he doesn't score that much. Who knows how the game plays out after that. But uh, outside of one guy beating us, um, you know, it was just one of those games. So whether definitely a Valley game or not, uh, that's just how it played out. So, yeah. Definitely a nice win, only one by two. Uh, clean up those second halves, but other than that, we played about as perfect of a set first half as you can play. So, uh, no, let's check around how the other first uh, conference games around the Valley went. Yeah, a lot of uh, unknowns. We didn't know what happened in the first Valley game of the season of the season for everybody, and uh, we start up in Bradley where uh, they knocked off a Northern Iowa team coming off a big win at. Uh, top rank or top 25 ranked St. Bonaventure. Um, a big win. Um, am I surprised? No, because it's a Valley and went on the roads really hard in the Valley, as we know. And uh, we, we were both pretty high on uh, the expectations. Everybody else was kind of lower on Bradley and we weren't really surprised, but uh, yeah, Terry Roberts, uh, 20 points to lift them over Northern Iowa and he hit a game winner. Yeah, exactly. That was a nice game winner. He's ushering him, putting himself right in the newcomer of the year, uh, without a doubt. He's almost unanimous at this point, scoring the ball like he is. Yeah, one thing from you and I, they only lost by two, and Pickford didn't score, and Burhow only shot five times in 36 minutes, only had two points. Uh, Noah Carter, as we know, he's a problem. He had 20 off the bench, and Bowen Bohr only played 18 with three points. So they didn't get a lot of uh, everything, but A.J. Green, who is on fire right now, he had 30. Um, and Fife only had eight, so and a lot of these guys played a lot of time, so they didn't get a whole lot of other contributions, so that's why, uh, but they still barely won, I think that, or barely lost, and that says a lot, and uh, Bradley, yeah, led by Roberts and uh, Veely, so that's a quality game, we knew it was going to be a good one, and Bradley got it done at home. Yeah, then the next one, uh, which uh, uh, that we thought this team, we thought with this team could give some, as athletics they are, give some teams some problems, but uh, Antonio Reeves carried the Illinois State Redbirds past Missouri State for a 79-74 win in overtime. Uh, Reeves had 22. Josiah Strong added 21. But a good game from Gage Frame had 27-12, and and Mosley had 12-9-6. and So um, those guys are on the other side are really good. Missouri State's pretty good. Um, their their uh, resume is not good enough. So we thought this maybe this league could go to a three-bid league maybe this year. But it doesn't look like it, so not a good start um, for the Bears. Yeah, and I know going the normal, it, it can be a tough place to play if their fans show out. It had been in the past. Uh, yeah, outside of Prim, just dominating. He only missed two shots. Yeah, that 27-12, and 12, unbelievable. I mean, let me expand the stats here, see how many everything else he had. He only had one, but he had six turnovers. But you mentioned Mosley, 12 points on 17 shots. He didn't really he played a lot in this game, way more than anybody else on the team. Heading into overtime, you mentioned the 12, nine and six. He did a lot else, but didn't score. 
uh, or didn't shoot that efficiently. And we mentioned Donovan Clay. We wonder if he questioned going there just early and him not getting his. We kind of had an idea that's the kind of maybe player he is um, to form that big three, but I think he knows a lot of guys there, and he just wants to win. So he only had six in this game. Uh, Luke Patterson had ten, and Minette, who's kind of cooled off a little bit, only had nine. They're going to score, like we said. It's just all matter if they can defend. And you mentioned Reed's 22. Josiah Strong, seven of 12 from the field, five of eight from three. That was the difference, I think. Yeah, definitely going into the next game. Um uh, the Valley Schools in Illinois went undefeated Thursday night, so four and zero for them. Uh, what was a one game, one point game at halftime? Lucas Williamson led Loyola with twenty points over Indiana State, eighty eight seventy six. Marquise Kennedy chipped in with sixteen. Chris Knight and Ayer Ugok both added a uh, thirteen for Chris Knight and Ayer had ten. But Xavier Bledson, really good for Indiana State, 16 points. Cooper Neese chipped in with 15. So, And a couple other guys. Cameron Henry struggled a little bit with 11, but he's a solid player. And, yeah, a good a good effort, I'd say, by Indiana State because uh, I think uh, Loyola was favored by 18 points going into this one. So uh, they kept it close throughout and battled their butts off. So that's what it's going to take in the Valley if you're going to be successful. Exactly. I think – the whole the valley thing definitely happened in this one because I remember saying everybody take the minus however much for Loyola, and of course they didn't live up to that. But yeah, I think Cam Henry, Cam Henry, who's going to be on the all newcomer team without a doubt. Uh, he only shot seven times in 15 minutes, but he did foul out, so maybe foul trouble. I think that could have been a difference. You mentioned how close it was at halftime. Uh, Bledson, yeah, definitely showed out. Nice needs to shoot more efficiently. Uh, and Julian Larry, but Cam Henry needs to shoot more and not get in so much foul trouble. Yeah, Lucas maybe had his breakout game offensively in terms of points and yeah, everything else. They're going to be they're, – they're nine deep, and those new guys are a problem. Yeah, Chris Knight's a stud. So, uh, good fight from Indiana State, though. Yeah, then uh, last night was the only game of the night. Um, uh, Drake got past Valpo, 73-66. Uh, Darnell Brody uh, finally had a decent game, 14 points. Uh, we talked about how he needed to step up a little bit more. Uh, DJ Wilkin had 11, and Tucker DeVries had another 11, probably the freshman of the year with ease. And Tremell only had 10, but on the other side, Ben Cricky's going to be a problem for some people. 20 points. He was doing it all all night long. Then Trevor Anderson, Trevor Anderson had 13, and Kevion Taylor had 11. Yeah, and we recall we were talking about Donovan on the team that Valpo could be if he was still on there. They'd be really, really good. Yeah, Cricky definitely will be a problem. Uh, Sheldon Edwards came off the bench at 25. I guess he's been coming off the bench, bench this season, right? Even Aaron Gordon or yeah, Aaron Gordon really hasn't done anything in his last year. Uh, but Edwards, I think, has to get more involved. He was in foul trouble, too. Uh, yeah, DeVries didn't shoot that well. But, yeah, unanimous freshman of the year. You're right, Brody finally got involved, shot good from the field, and they just – did what they had to do at home. So um, those how the games uh, pointed out. We mentioned how, yeah, all the Illinois teams won. Uh, so all of them, along with uh, Drake, are 4-0 and 1-0 in conference. So that's how I go. We will uh, preview here shortly after we get to an interview that we had, a nice one that we uh, had a lot of good stuff from. We'll get to what their games are coming up. So now let's segue into a good interview. Brendan Mullins had with Mike specifically talking about Cade Hornecker, which is some specific stuff we love to know. Noah, he said that he went, he first he saw him on video, and he mentioned that in Dallas, obviously where he's from back in June, he went to a high school event that they said that's the first time ever 
allowing something like that, and even with the pandemic, that they were all actually able to go watch him play. And he said he played phenomenal, Nolan. And at first, he said he was unsure if they could land him after playing so well. We know the teams that are in on him, and I can understand maybe feeling that way. Yeah, especially uh, looking at what the teams that were in on him and uh, the, the type of player he's going to be. It's just unbelievable we can land a guy like that. That's a credit to this staff. And, uh, hey, shout-out to the fans that were at the football game. The atmosphere there sold it on him. And uh, whatever the campus that weekend, I think it was homecoming. So it was pretty, pretty fantastic atmosphere, and that really sold him on that. Yeah, and he said it kind of felt like home in his uh, Texas high school atmosphere. That's what it felt like for him. And, yeah, it is, it is crazy because <clears throat> we talked about how our success really hasn't been there. So it's like what outside of the football game it can sell Cade, I guess, and potentially being the man when he's an upperclassman, when we don't have Marcus or Lance anymore. Who knows how that can play out and who else we add down to that point. But, yeah, it's credit to our staff for convincing him. He also said that they formed a relationship through that visit. And, no, he mentioned his high school coach that came and watched Brian and SIU back in the in the heyday, Sweet 16-type seasons to watch them at practice. So there's some correlation there. I'm sure they had visits. And he said, uh, Cade's good at thinking and communicating and defending being how big he is and playing at that high level of talent that is in Dallas. We mentioned he's got a teammate going to Villanova, another UT Arlington. So he, he plays with good players and he plays against good players. And so he says he'll be able to transition to the to a college system pretty well. Um, and he says, obviously, the one thing with Katie has to improve on is his strength. That seems obvious. Says he could be going to add about 15 pounds his first year and get up to 20 to 30 over the course of his career. That'd be nice because he's already got a good build and a frame already to him. Uh, no, and, we, and he mentioned, obviously, what we've seen in Tate and what he's going to be a big factor in here. He's not going to be that prototypical, whatever, big seven-footer. No, he's going to be able to stretch the floor, which is music to our ears. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of that. Anthony's about the only one um, in, the, in the last decade that we had, them, besides Rudy, who barely, barely played. And I guess you can throw in Brendan Gooch, but those are the type of guys that, that we've had. But, yeah, Cade's – a lot better than those guys already, and uh, he's going to be able to come in here. And uh, if we have, I think, um, especially with the way you already have Bigs, you only have one more year, one more year of JD probably, and you got Kyler and Scotty. Well, maybe you're going to play a little too big action, especially against some of the teams that are bigger in the conference and around the country. But yeah, it's, he's going to be a stretch five. He can play the stretch five, but I think we'll see a little bit more of a four or five action. It seems like you see some stretch fives, but you kind of see more of a stretch four. And I'm over here laughing, thinking about outside of Anthony in the last year and a half or two years that we haven't had a pig that can shoot. You mentioned Rudy and Gooch. That just it's hilarious that that's our best shooting from a big that we've had over the course of however long. That's hilarious. And yeah, pick and pop five. We'll see things can change. You mentioned the other bigs. Yeah, we don't know how Scotty will. I mean, we're thinking he's bought in. Who knows? Uh, just moving forward, just thinking about everybody. So. And uh, Brennan said he watches in the shooting drill, said he's really impressive. And Noah, he mentioned, we have, and Mike reiterated, we have one scholarship left. And Brennan went through, obviously, positions or just things in general, maybe some uh, specifics of things we can look for. He says they you know, always look to recruit in the, or every position. He said guard, though, a guard to be able to handle the ball. And he says he can never have too many guards. Now, we've mentioned how that's something that we've even said that the team needs. You know, you have Lance and you have Dalton, which is fine. You need that other guy especially moving forward potentially. We know Donye May is still out there just thinking of guards that we're already in on. 
Um, we've lost a lot of people, but um, Noah, that's something. And then he said, obviously, uh, bigs, you know, even with having a lot of bigs and wings, they're always recruiting every position. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. We've been learning. We know uh, Javon Vermont has been up in Michigan visiting some guys. But, yeah, it's it's key. Um, we may not use that. We may not. We got to be always ready because you never know. Uh, the way the transfer portal is nowadays, anybody can leave, I guess, at any time unexpectedly, no matter who it is. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 we got something we got to be prepared for. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I know, uh, watching, I watch a lot of John A. There's, uh, Sean East is over there, but he's not our type of style. So that he'll end up where somewhere decent. But yeah, we'll find a, like you mentioned, Donye May and another, there's a couple other guys like, um, Caleb Burton and a couple other guys were in on, so we've been following along a little bit. So, yeah, find another guard. Uh, maybe they think Dalton Banks looking a little struggle, but could not be the answer for the long haul, but finding someone lands the next, but I don't think that's the uh, truth about that. I think Dalton will be just fine. He's just struggling a little bit here in this uh, sophomore season. So, yeah, it's something we'll be interested in following along and seeing when we use that. Maybe we hit the portal. Exactly. I think the portal could be the biggest thing. Maybe you don't rely on a freshman to build because we talked, yeah, even knowing that we were going to have these two scholarships that, uh, you know, we have our core already. So it's almost like building off them and bringing in guys like Cash that we had this year and Anthony at the time, these veterans that can be steady and be what you need. So I think the, tr the transfer portal might be the biggest thing because we have our, our great freshmen. I don't know if, if we can add to it, we will, but I think I think the transfer portal will be the biggest thing, and adding a veteran just like Cash for next year. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Because yeah, you mentioned in case of transfers out, which we don't know about. He mentioned it; it's just something to think about potentially. And then injuries, obviously, which we're dealing with right now. So a lot of stuff to fill in depth. We'll see how that goes. It'll be fun. Uh, now, Noah, before we preview our game in Southern Miss, we'll go back to what other Valley teams have. What is the one game they have coming up before we recap this and we'll recap that game? What's the one game they got? Coming? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, some really good opportunities this weekend for the Valley. Um, just some other games to look out. Evansville hosts Tennessee Tech. Expect Evansville to win that one. Bradley hosts SIUE, who has a, some decent quality players from this local area. Um, Jackson State is at Illinois State. Um, Miami, Ohio is at Indiana State. That would be a quality win for Indiana State, a good max school in Miami, Ohio. Uh, St. Thomas visits Drake. Valpo is headed to Western Michigan. But the biggest games to watch out for in the Valley, um, the, the the city championship almost. You see who runs the city, Loyola and DePaul. We know DePaul's undefeated. Javon Freeman Liberty is playing like the Big East player of the year. That'll be one to watch. And number 12, BYU in the country. I don't know how they got this game, but it's at Missouri State. That's a big opportunity. And also on Sunday, Richmond is headed to Northern Iowa. That's another quality A-10 team coming in the Northern Iowa. You and I have done a great job of getting these kinds of games and taking advantage, beating a ranked team. Yeah, Missouri State getting this ranked team. BYU's had a great year so far. 6-1, and one, remember the beatdown they put on Oregon the start of the year. They just set the tone for how they'd be. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's obviously not a spur-of-the-moment game. That's just ironic that BYU's good, and they have this game. That's a great opportunity for Missouri State. Uh, BYU's a two-and-a-half favorite there at the games on CBS Sports Network. Yeah, Bradley getting SIU, even though SIU hopefully has improved, 
And that brings me to Simo. Noah, you mentioned John A's guys. Brad Korn was watching John A recently, right? Yeah, he was there uh, Wednesday night to watch some of those guys. Uh, probably probably pretty positive. He's there to watch Sean East, and that's a talent to watch out. Understandable. They have some seniors at guard there, and they're having an okay year for their standards, too. So that's interesting. And then, yeah, the Battle of Chicago, you're right. Loyola is a five-point uh, road favorite. So that'll be interesting. We know DePaul. We'll get to see a former foe, Noah Jafon Freeman, Liberty at DePaul. They've been running guys in and out of there recently, but he's back home. That'll be interesting. Uh, and you mentioned Illinois State. Jackson State is interesting as well. Illinois State maybe can just go on a non-con run after having that huge win. So they're a team to look out for. So now we're jumping into our game. We recall playing Southern Mississippi two years ago in Harrisburg. We had at least, I think, I think off the top of my head, an 18-point lead, and we blew it and lost that game. And Brian's first year two years ago, that was a heartbreaker. But let's jump into that. Yeah, it's a they're off to a four and four start, so um, they haven't their all their losses are to Louisiana, Lafayette, TCU, Montana, and South South Alabama by thirty the other night. So, uh, um, yeah, they're off to a not so great start. Um, but uh, this is a game to to look out for Kyler because they're. Their leading scorer is 16. He's a bigger guy. He's a he's a big guy. So that's a game we probably get a lot more minutes out of Kyler. He's got fresh legs. So uh, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, Isaiah Moore. He's averaging 14 and seven. So a solid player to watch out for. Um, then looking at a guy that's in and out of the line, in and out of the starting lineup, and Tay Hardy, averaging 14 as well. Um, then guys like Tyler Stevenson, Rashad Bolden, and Jerron Pierre Jr., and there's some other guys to watch out for. Yeah, and I don't know. They seem like another like Alcorn State kind of team in terms of size and athleticism. You're right, Kyler, hopefully, in general, can just bounce back whether he sees action in this game. I think this is a game that if Lance doesn't play, even though we're at home, you know, obviously with this kind of athleticism and good guard play, you mentioned Hardy, that uh, – you know, this could be a this could be a problem for us, I think, especially testing our depth. And they do have some size. They they seem pretty deep, I would imagine. Uh, I would say hopefully we don't know if Lance will play. I doubt it. It's an eight o'clock game, which we're also surprised at. We mentioned before, right? That it seems like eight o'clock games were only for conference play or something. Yeah, I I I mentioned those were weekday games for like TV games, but I really think I don't. I think they really planned this out to. Hopefully, have a doubleheader of having a home playoff game over there in Saluki Stadium for football than a nightcap of having a nice basketball game. Isn't that sad that that ain't come to fruition? But we'll get to football at some point of how uh, the run that they could potentially go on and the matchup they have. So that would have been great for sure. A great night. So fo- watching football and hopeful dub, and then maybe or maybe not, it'll be late. We know we work the next day regardless. Going to that 8 o'clock game, that'll be a struggle. But, yeah, I think, like I said, if Lance doesn't play, it could be a problem. We are a 10.5-point favorite at home. ESPN matchup predictor has a 76% chance to win. We always look at that. Uh, now, going, let's do some stats here real fast. Marcus has averaged 16-4, and four, while Cash has put up 8-4. and four. And you mentioned for who they got leading scores for them. Uh, Marcus has been directly responsible for 46% of all of our field goals over the last three games. We mentioned that beforehand. Now it's extended. He has 22 field goals and 10 assists in those games. Uh, Southern Miss has lost its last three road games, scoring only 56 points while allowing 81 per game. 
and they've recently used assists to create baskets more often than us. We have an assist on 27 of 70 field goals. That's only 39% across its past three outings. While Southern Miss has assists on 35 of 70, which is 50%. So they spread the ball around, and that right there, Nola, 81 a game. We're going to have to look to score in this one. Maybe some more big scoring game from Marcus, maybe. Yeah, it's going to be a big defensive test. Uh, they probably they like to get up and down the court a little bit. Um, they've used five different starting lineups. Uh, and I mentioned Isaiah Moore. He's a St. John's transfer. Then they got the reigning freshman of the week in the Conference USA in Rashad Bolden. Uh, yeah, they were picked uh, 12th out of 14 teams in the Conference USA, so not good. But, yeah, it's going to be a good test, a good non-contest. Hopefully we can get back on the right track and continue a nice getting a winning streak going into conference play. Yeah, and even going into the Tulsa game record-wise and overall, you want to be, even if we're a little bit battle-tested in this game like Evansville, going into a game like Tulsa would be really nice. Uh, and yeah, I think we just want revenge maybe after that uh, that collapse we had at their place uh, two years ago. So, And again, we are holding, only holding opponents to 60 points a game. That's still the lowest figure among all the Valley teams in their game so far. Um, so that's a quick thing on them. Noah, real fast, uh, via the app here, they wanted to some things. For students that listen to our thing, they're offering free pizza for students before the game, and a DJ will entertain fans during the pregame. Doors open, yeah, at 645. Carbondale's having their lights fantastic parade from 6 to 730, so check the parade route for road closures. Uh, we are 14-3 and three at Banterra with fans in the stands under Brian. We're 12-3 and, and two years ago and 2-0 and oh so far this year. We're holding opponents to 29% from three-point line this year, which leads the Missouri Valley, and we're shooting 57 on two-point field goals this year, which ranks 27th nationally and second in the Valley. I think that's a stat I wanted to say the other day that was really cool. Uh, so outside of shooting threes, so that we are that high nationally on twos. Uh, mentioned some Lance stats here. Like I said, hopefully he plays Steven. No, we know he struggled shooting 52 from the field and 52 from the three-point line this year, so I need to get him going with that. So, um yeah, we're looking forward to this game. So we packed all of the recap and the preview on this one. Who knows? We might do that moving forward. It's interesting because obviously it's worked out in a good pod today. So uh, hopefully everybody can make it to the game tomorrow night. We'll try as well after a tough football game. So we'll be looking forward to it. We'll see you guys sometime this weekend. For Nick Malone. No alerts. Go dogs.